0: Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show, with Jason Graves, Mike Genung, and Julie Dozier. Blazing Grace covers important life-affecting issues with grace-filled answers. Here are your hosts, Jason, Mike, and Julie. We must,
1: we must have the for those of you unfamiliar with the Lord of the Rings, that was Gollum from The Two Towers. Gollum was a waif-like hobbit who, when he, once he found the ring, the ring of power, became obsessed to it over everything else. He became so obsessed over it that he moved away from family and friends and isolated himself in the Misty Mountains where he caressed the ring and played with it and became his all. <clears throat> it was in that isolation that the ring took complete control over him. Let's listen again. So right so beautiful. Oh, precious.
2: Masturbation, something that's familiar to all of us and often associated with my precious. So we're gonna talk about masturbation today. Can you talk about masturbation on the radio? I mean, this is kind of you know we're kind of out there. I think.
3: Yeah, most people don't <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> on the radio or anywhere else. But proof positive that uh, the Blazing Gray Show is fearless, and we uh, we don't mind going in. <laughs> hey, you know what? Great clips, Mike. Uh, so you wrote about this in your book, a whole chapter called "My Precious."
1: That's right. I used the analogy and compared the man or woman who is obsessed over self sex to Gollum. Uh, Gollum became so obsessed over the ring that it just mm. became his idol and took over his life. And, right. you know, I hear a lot of women, men and men particularly, saying, Well, I just got to have sex. I just got to have this release. I got to have this masturbation, this, this thing. And really, it's become an idol that, that is not their need, but it becomes, in the end, it becomes their precious, just like it did for Gollum. And right, uh, it starts eating them up, just like it ate Gollum up. Right. Even though they didn't, they don't see what it's doing to them.
2: Yeah, and we get a lot of people, Julie, as counselors, who come for help with an addiction to just masturbation alone. Even mm-hmm. uh, what's been your, you know, practice experience with with those types of issues and how that shows up?
3: Well, usually people will come in and they'll they'll talk about their addictions, their traumas, mm-hmm. and just about anything else except mm-hmm. for masturbation, hmm. and that's the last thing that may come up. Uh, there's just such a, a secrecy, and, and Mike, what you said about um, that—you hear, I, I got to have it. Right. Well, I mean, that's—I think the issue here is not so much the masturbation, but the dependency issue.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people are afraid to talk about it. I know, my growing up in the church, nobody ever talked about it. Maybe there was a comment here or two here from the pulpit um, in a negative context but nobody really explained how harmful it can be so it's not that it's the great sin of the century rather it really is just something that's harmful and we're going to talk about why it's harmful but let's talk about some of the myths around masturbation and Mike, you've already raised one of them. That is, that I gotta have it. I hear this a lot, Julie, in counseling with people say, "Well, you know, I need a release." Just yesterday, I was talking with somebody who was saying, "Hey, I'm mentoring this twenty something year old kid, and uh, you know, he's single, and my heart goes out to him because you know, I got a wife. He doesn't have, and he used the word an outlet." Okay, so I'm rolling my eyes a little bit there at that at that that term because you know our wives are not an outlet, right? Okay, but I understand what he was saying, you know. Right. Well, let's talk about that for a second because first of all, there is an outlet in the sense that God created men at least to have what's called a wet dream or a nocturnal emission and that is that when there is a build up of sperm and semen, you know, that can be released. Uh, through what's commonly called a wet dream. And that's a perfectly normal thing. The reason why most people don't think about that, which is true of this man's story, was that, you know, because basically they've been masturbating since the age of, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, which is the most common age to start. And so they've never had a wet dream in their life because they've been taking care of the quote-unquote outlet themselves. Right. Okay? So that's one of the myths, is that you got to have it.
3: Another myth, too, is just like you mentioned... Uh, guys and another myth is that women don't struggle with that and mm, they do mm-hmm. um and and just that issue of release to another myth with that is that it does release mm-hmm. and um what it does is it actually you're thinking that it releases lust but it reinforces it mm-hmm. and um i think that's one of the biggest myths out there
2: right right and that reinforcement julia you're talking about is what makes it so harmful okay mm-hmm. let's talk about this you know there's many things in this life that the enemy takes uh, which God intended for good and he turns it into evil mm-hmm. and i believe this is what he does with our sexuality through masturbation the reason why it's so harmful is because uh, you are creating an attachment a, re- a reinforcement a Conditioning process that's just like Pavlov's and his dogs. Remember Pavlov, a scientist that founded the uh, principle of conditioning? And what he did that was he would ring a bell and then feed his dogs and then ring a bell and feed his dogs. And after a while, all you had to do was ring the bell and the dogs would what? Salivate. Okay. <laughs> and so. Basically, the salivation was the conditioned response. The stimulus was the bell. Mm-hmm. Well, just like uh, with sex, we whatever we're looking at, thinking about, imagining, when we're masturbating, our brain, in effect, connects to or bonds to. And there's a neurological pathway that's formed along that, uh, that, that stimulus and that response that creates the conditioning. And so it gets to the point where uh, it's kind of like a ditch. If you dig a ditch out, at the end of your driveway, between the street and the sidewalk. And every day, you walk in that ditch down to the store in the corner and back. Over time, that ditch is going to get deeper and wider to the point where even if you want to walk in the street or the sidewalk, because of the erosion, there's a propensity to fall back in the ditch, mm. and that ditch is the neurological pathway or the addiction um, at the neurological level in your the physical structure of your brain. We're not talking about your mind; we're talking about your brain. Okay, so that's why it's harmful because you can get attached to just about anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then, <clears throat> and then what happens along the way is that we assume, like, well, have to have this. That pull becomes so powerful, and mm-hmm. and in uh, second corinthians it says but i discipline my body and make it my slave mm-hmm. so that after i preach to others i myself will not be disqualified and and then again in first corinthians six twelve, all things are lawful for me but not all things are profitable all things are lawful for me but i will not be mastered by anything and right i know that when i was having self-sex that my character was soft mm. i wouldn't have the courage to come on the radio and Mm-hmm. <clears throat> say the M-word and confess right. that I, you know, had masturbated for those years. But yeah. I can tell you today, after not having masturbated since 1998, that one, it is possible to live without it, but two, my character is ten times more stronger than what it ever was. Because right. I was so filled with fear, and, and, you know, I think that if I'd ever been challenged with my faith, right. <clears throat> maybe had my character been so soft, maybe I would have backed away from it. So, right, right. It's not just about masturbating, but... Being the strong men and women of Christ that we're like really called to be. Yes. Right. And not to let anything have ownership over us.
2: Yeah, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Right. So, we've got some good guests on the show today. The Apostle Paul. Uh, now, we'd like to bring on C.S. Lewis. Uh, I'd like to read you this from C.S. Lewis himself. Uh, the Dark Prison of Self, he entitles it. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote about... This increasing isolation in a letter replying to a young man who asked him what he thought about masturbation. C.S. Lewis wrote, for me, the real evil of masturbation would be that it takes an appetite which in lawful use leads the individual out of himself to complete his own personality in that of another and turns it back, sends the man back into the prison of himself there to keep a harem of imaginary brides or imaginary images. And this harem, once admitted, works against his ever getting out uh, and uniting with a real woman. For the harem is always accessible, subservient, calls for no sacrifices or adjustments, and can be endowed with erotic and psychological attractions with which no real woman can rival. Among those shadowy brides, he is always adored Always the perfect love. No demand is made on his unselfishness, no mortification ever imposed upon his vanity. In the end, they become merely the medium through which he increasingly adores himself. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That sounds like gum to
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talk
3: about narcissism.
1: Right,
2: right. It is a very narcissistic Act mm-hmm. okay. You you are having so- sex with yourself. And by the way, all you guys out there who, if any of you have um, uh, problems with guys who deal with same gender attractions, or maybe you've got some homophobia going on, as they call it these days, uh, just remember that if you've ever masturbated, and ninety nine percent of all men have masturbated, you have had a sexual experience with a man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So let's just level the playing field a little bit here, all right? But seriously, I mean, um, there are myths out there. This is something that's harmful. Another myth that um, comes up a lot is that, well, you know, the only person I'm hurting is myself, okay? Okay. I want to deal with that one because the thing is, is if you're concentrating on yourself, you're giving something or saving something for yourself that was intended to be given to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I think of like a single guy. You know, if you're just masturbating, well, I mean, you're channeling that sexual energy towards something that cannot be redeemed. It's not redemptive. Rather, uh, God gave you a sexuality for a purpose. He wanted you to be sexual with a woman, uh, your wife. And so a lot of times it is a deterrent for guys to even go out there and look because, hey, why bother? I've got my pornography. I've got my masturbation, whatever. I don't have to go out and get a relationship with a real person. So you know, I think those are a couple issues there. What else comes up for you guys when you think about mas- the topic of masturbation?
3: Well, I mean, on the topic of miss, um, I'm thinking about. I've I've heard this one a lot. Is that it just helps me sleep,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: you know, and just release that kind of a, a release? But that's a dependency, also.
2: Yeah, take a rosarum. Yeah, okay? <laughs> I mean, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> or
3: exercise, be, right? Because really, exercise releases that that same feel good endorphin yep. that sex does.
2: Absolutely, exercise is very important to sleep. Mm-hmm. So is diet. Okay, mm-hmm. A lot of us, we live in an overstimulated uh, dietary uh, culture here. I mean, we're drinking caffeine all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Look, you're not supposed to drink caffeine after the afternoon. Okay.
3: Right, after
2: 2. Yeah, I mean, there's some people I've seen them drinking coffee at, at night. Man, I mean, if, I, if, I, if I drink a cup of coffee, and I only drink half decaf, after 5 o'clock, I'm up all night, okay? So it does <laughs> have an comes effect. with age, too, Jason. Okay, I all right, all right, good to know. <laughs> but there's other things that you can do. You can um, stretch, do some light stretching before bed. That helps you sleep. Mm-hmm. You can um, have some prayer and meditation. Don't watch, like, uh, the kind of TV that gets real, real stimulated and excited before bed. Okay. Uh, Also, there's some dietary remedies. You can uh, drink chamomile tea. You can get uh, valerian root. You from the uh, health food store. You can look into. um, uh, You can eat bananas and turkey. Turkey has L-tryptophan, which is like a natural uh, sleep inducing, uh, it has natural sleep inducing properties to it. So, there's plenty of things you can do, uh, and then if it, you know your problem persists after doing all these natural things, yeah, maybe you do need to look at a, a prescription. I would use that as a last uh, resort. But exactly, Julie, you're taking something that was intended for a relationship and using it for something as simple as sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make it sense.
1: <clears throat> yeah, another one of those myths I hear is that, well, it's not in the Bible, so this not, must not be a sin, so what's wrong with it? But my response to that is, well, if it's not in the Bible, then we can smoke a joint, because there is no thou shalt not smoke marijuana in the Bible. And, yeah. But we do have an overall principle of drunkenness, right? which means that's why we don't smoke marijuana. So right. we have to look at the principles in God's Word. And again, in 1 Corinthians it says, Yet I wish that all men were even as I myself. And this is Paul talking, and he's encouraging the believers to be single. However, each man has his own gift from God. One in this matter and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to widows, that it is good for them if they remain even as I. But if they do not have self-control, and listen to this here, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And Paul is encouraging the believers to be single, so if masturbation was really a viable biblical outlet, he would have provided it right there. Right. But the only viable outlet he provided was marriage, right. marriage alone.
2: Right. Good point. Good point. And I would encourage anybody who's saying about anything, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. First, ask yourself the question, am I in any way using that as a rationalization or a justification for the behavior that I am so tightly, you know, for my precious, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I'm involved with. Because, you know, really, you got to be honest with yourself. We don't want to look at what the Bible doesn't say and use that as a benchmark. We want to look at what it does say. And oftentimes the Bible will speak about principles around a topic that can be applied to a topic without having to actually speak about the topic itself. I think that's a good point. I use that same rationalization like other rationalizations, um, and I'll give you an example. Um, when I was still involved in uh, masturbation, I, I learned about the three types of masturbators. Not the three types of masturbation, the three types of masturbators. Basically, we as uh, individuals who have been involved with this fall into three different categories. Type A masturbators are people who have never masturbated before in their lives. Okay, it's what the rest of us call liars. Okay, <laughs> but really, these are about and in terms of guys, this is about one to two percent of the Western male population have never masturbated before. Um, I teach seminars all over the country, and uh, I have never. Had somebody raise their hand? You know, I'm talking about churches full of four, five hundred people. Never raise their hand when I when I ask the question. Do you mean Christians masturbate? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I've never had somebody raise their hand when I've asked anybody in here never masturbated. Okay, never. All right, and I'm talking about not just a few seminars, at least once or twice a month. So it is uh, prevalent. However, there are few that just either never figured it out. <laughs> or they had a mechanical problem or they like my friend Craig who is the only person I've ever heard of that did you know never masturbated uh, he uh grew up in a strict catholic family and 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 catholics sometimes teach that this is like a mortal sin you can go to hell for mm. uh, i think that's bad information but uh, by the bottom line is, is that you know there are diff- different reasons for why people don't masturbate okay so that's about 1 to 2% of the western male population second category type B masturbators. This is about 13 to 15%. These are people that when they've masturbated, it's very seldom, very sporadic, never involves anything that you could attach to. There's no fantasy. There's no pornography involved. So it doesn't tend to develop into something that is a compulsive thing. It's more like a biological function or a physiological function where you're, uh, you know, it's like urination with a kick, if you will, all right? However, I still wouldn't advise people to uh, masturbate even though that doesn't tend to become compulsive because you're playing with fire. Yeah, it's kay? slippery ground. It is slippery, for sure. And the thing is, is there's people out there that would say, well, if you just masturbate like that, well, then there shouldn't be a problem. What's the big deal? Well, because A, it's dangerous. But secondly, the people that tend to say that are the type B masturbators that haven't developed compulsivity around it. And they're giving uh, advice to the larger section uh and, Eighty-three to eighty-five percent, the Type C masturbators, the rest of us who have had a problem with it. So it doesn't. That kind of information doesn't work for somebody like that. I mean, there was a big thing about how James Dobson. You know, this will come up. Well, James Dobson said that masturbation was okay. Well, look, okay, you know, you're probably dealing with somebody who really never had a problem with it. Okay, so in his scope of ideas of things, maybe it's not a problem. And indeed, for some people, it doesn't get to be a problem in the sexual addiction level. However, the Type C masturbators, the rest of us have developed a compulsion based on the fact that there was fantasy and or pornography involved therefore there's an attachment so really there's a disconnect from your body that happens where you go to a different place mentally you're not present and so, so absolutely there's a problem with that because over time you become uh, attached to objects rather than becoming attached to a person see that attachment Dynamic there was what God created so that man and wife could really bond. You know, when you're looking in your wife's eyes and making love with her, and uh, that attachment happens, that's a soul attachment. Okay, So those are the three types of masturbators. Don't fool yourself and rationalize and, and say, well, I may have been C, but now I'm going to be a type B. Okay? It doesn't work, all right? <laughs> you
3: can't go back. That's right.
2: That's right. <laughs> well, we haven't even mentioned the obvious problem, which
1: is that a lot of men do use porn or run sexual fantasy through their mind while mm-hmm. they're doing that. Right. And
2: it doesn't often happen in a vacuum where we're blanking our mind out. Right. Absolutely, and even if you're not, remember you can attach to anything. I've heard a story of a guy who was uh, sexually aroused by cowboy boots. He couldn't have sex without his cowboy boots on, uh, you know, and, and this was a you know a problem for him because obviously he was getting aroused uh, every time he saw cowboy boots. Julie, don't laugh too hard on <laughs> this one. Uh, I'm trying but, not. But here's to. <laughs> here's how the story goes. This guy grew up on a farm, uh, started masturbating in his early teens. And when he did that, you know, his bed was uneven. There was a wood floor. So it would make a knocking sound. And in the morning, everybody knew what had happened and they would make fun of him. So he figured out if he was going to continue this thing, he was going to have to get a better strategy. So he'd go out behind the barn in middle of the night, get his, you know, clothes on and cowboy boots. And uh, as he's looking down, as he's doing this, what's in his field of vision? Cowboy boots. Okay, so ring the bell, feed the dog or, right. there's an attachment. I heard a guy who was uh, sexually uh, sexually aroused by bugs. Now this wasn't a client of mine, but I can do the math. A lot of young men uh, have bug collections if you're looking we have at
1: just entered the twilight zone exactly exactly <laughs> yeah.
2: if you are <laughs> if looking at your bugs above the table and doing something entirely different below the table. Ring the bell, feed the dog, okay? So remember, it may sound weird, but the Bible says there's no temptation that sees you except that which is common to man. And I know there's a lot of people out there who deal with some strange perversions or weird things that they think that they they got the worst problem on the earth. But the Bible normalizes it, and it says there's no temptation that sees you except that which is common to man. So we don't need to feel ashamed. We just need to get help and work on it. You know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
3: Right, and and just getting help. I mean, a lot of that is um, you're dealing with some emotional pain through masturbation right. and get help and right. work through those things instead.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Julie, like, we've talked a lot about men this, this show, but what do you hear women saying surrounding this issue?
3: Um, I, women, I think, deal with this just as – Actually, I think there's a lot of shame around it for mm-hmm. women, even more so, and um, and they're less likely to talk about it. But um, but they struggle with it definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah. I hear it more and more. I mean, I get calls for for that. Uh, but why should it be any different? You know, men right. and men and women are one chromosome away. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so maybe um, the attachment is a little bit different. Maybe um, masturbation is more of an emotional thing for women. Who knows? I, I really not am familiar. Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, there, right.
3: the, some of them masturbate just like a, a stereotypical male would. Really? You know.
2: So pornography involved, all that
3: porn mm-hmm. um, i mean possibly fantasy but some of them are the type b's too
2: mm-hmm. right okay good to know well look if you want more information about that you can uh, call julie dozier if you're a woman who's struggling with any kind of uh, sexual addiction uh, as well as men uh, julie you work with them all why don't you give me your phone number um 719-266-6636 719 266 6636. If you want to come out to her intensive for married couples in September, that's coming up as well. So you can call and get more information about that. Uh, listen, I mean, this is a touchy subject, but if you've got questions about it, uh, we're glad to answer them for you on an individual ba- basis. Just email us. You can reach us, uh, Mike at blazinggrace.org. Uh, you can email me. This is Jason Graves. That's help. At healingforthesoul.org. Uh, give us your questions. Also, we are listener supported. So, if you like this show, if you like the fact that we're talking about tough things that you might not hear uh, in church or you might not have heard from your parents or wherever, uh, once you help us reach out to folks, we pay for this out of our own pockets. Uh, it's certainly lightens the load when 3,000 people are helping rather than just three. So, if you want to give one, five, ten, twenty dollars a month, whatever. Uh, we welcome those, and uh, we would appreciate your help. Go to blazinggrace.org and click on the support tab uh, to find out more information about how you can uh, how you can give. In fact, what's the address, Mike, that they can mail checks to? PO Box six two five two one Colorado Springs,
1: Colorado, and I think it's eight oh nine six two.
2: Okay, good. <laughs> Double check the website just in case. But look, uh, we've got uh, you know we've got uh, some. Great stuff, great resources for you on the Blazing Grace website. There's articles and information, statistics. There are forums. Um, We've also got all of our shows that we've ever done of the Blazing Grace show in the archives. So, I mean, we've done shows on homosexuality. We've done shows with authors, pastors. By the way, if you're a pastor, we'd love to do a panel of pastors. Do a show with a panel of pastors on sexual addiction or pornography in the church and get your perspective on it you don't have to have all your ducks in a row you don't have to be perfect we just want somebody who can come and share about being a pastor and how difficult it is to deal with this this issue in the church and to Um, that
1: I would add now we've done a show on cowboy boots and bugs
2: so right (laughs) we're
1: just rounding the whole thing out
2: yes if you struggle with cowboy boots and or bugs give us a call we'd love to help you (laughs)
1: To the, to the whole topic, I, I would just add, I've never heard a Christian say, I had a really great time having sex with myself last right. night. Right, right. But I've heard many say, I want to stop. Right. And the, the truth is, there is life without
2: this, and it's a great
1: life, and we don't need it.
2: Amen, amen. We don't need it. Well, listen, tune in next week. Thanks for tuning in, and God bless you on your way. Thank you for
0: tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It will be gratefully appreciated. Send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62. Five two one Colorado Springs, Colorado, eight oh nine six two dash two five two one. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, eight zero nine six two two five two one. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot H-T-M. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show. Or you can visit OnePlace.com under Ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Jason Graves by dialing toll-free 590 soul That's 877-590-7685. Julie Dozier can be reached at 719 266 That's 719-266-6636. Get a copy of Mike's book, The Road to Grace, by visiting roadtograce.com. That's the word to and not the number. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on the show? Email Mike Janung at mike at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers with you next time. Thank you so very much for listening. Tell a friend about the broadcast. On behalf of Jason, Mike, and Julie, may God richly shine His grace upon you.